to the book of Job. Let's go to the book of Job, the 29th chapter. Job, the 29th chapter. Amen. Job 29. Job 29. That's what I'm going to uh, deal with here today. Job, the 29th chapter. And we're going to begin reading at verse number one. Job 29, verse 1. You will find these words written there. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me. Verse 3, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Verse 5, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me. In that fifth verse, in the God's Word translation, that fifth verse says, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me. When the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me. I want to talk to you all for a little while, or as a spirit lead from the subject matter, Job as a father. Job as a father. Now, I know <laughs> most of the time when the preacher preaches from the book of Job, we normally go to the first chapter where it declares that in the land of us, there was a man by the name of Job and he was perfect and upright. And we normally deal with <clears throat> all of his afflictions, illnesses and troubles that he had experienced. But today I want to go all the way to the 29th chapter and I want to talk to you about Job as a father. Uh, when you look at this 29th chapter of the book of Job, Actually, what you'll discover here is that Job longed uh, for the preciousness of God's daily care and the protection. And I would encourage you to read that entire chapter uh, because before Job's illness and the other tragedies that devastated his life, Job had walked closely with God. The Lord was the most important person in Job's life. So he obviously set aside time every day for prayer and worship. And furthermore, he would have praised and fellowship with the Lord as well as sought his help as he walked throughout the day. And as a result of Job's righteous life, he had a keen sense of God's presence. But now as he uh, languished in misery and uh, pain, Job's sense of God's presence was lost. In fact, to Job, God seemed far away. 
unconcerned and uncaring. Then on top of that, Job's prayers appeared to go unanswered. It's one thing to feel the sense of God's presence being lost. It's another thing to feel that God is far away, that he's unconcerned and uncaring. But then on top of all of that, to add that when you pray, you have the feeling that God is not hearing you when you pray. I believe that would leave every last one of us in a very devastating uh, uh, position. And so Job had formerly enjoyed the security of God's watchful care. Now he longed for those days again. He also longed for God's light. That is the guiding uh, of the Lord's presence. Uh, Light is oftentimes associated with God's presence and guidance in, uh, in scripture. And so now in our text, sitting there in the city dump, suffering excruciating pain and being afflicted with a potentially fatal disease, Job felt that God was no longer interested in him, that God no longer cared to guide and direct his path. And so therefore, Job, he yearned for the former days, the days when God's watchful care and guidance flooded his heart and his life. But I need you to take notice here, Job, Job, He's a real hero. Yeah, I need somebody to know that. Job is a real, he's a real hero. The fact of the matter is, he's a man among men. Uh, He's a man of great spiritual stature. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of strong family values. He's a man who in times of severe adversities uh, did not abandon his integrity, his virtue, his commitment to his family and uh, to his God. And so when I say that Job is a hero, I'm going to show you here how Job, I can declare that Job is a hero. Because even in the midst of everything that he's going through in this 29th chapter of the book of Job. Can I just talk today? Amen. Everything he has experienced on the inside and on the outside. When you look in this chapter, we find at least uh, six different biblical traits of masculinity. In fact, the matter is there are really nine, but time won't allow me today. Amen. I'm going to try to deal with six. And if I don't get through with the six, then we'll just have to pick it back up on next Sunday. But I see something here. I see, I see some traits. Amen. I see some biblical traits. Amen. For us to observe today as Job uh, uh, was a father. Well, the first thing that you will observe, keep the book open, keep your book open, The first thing that we will observe is that Job, he learned from past experiences. I'm going to say that again. Job learned from past experiences. Because in the beginning part of our text, Job is remembering the days of the past. 
fact of the matter is he valued the past, but not as one who yearns for the good old days to keep from dealing with present realities. You know, sometimes people say, oh, we just had the good old days. That's simply because oftentimes we don't want to deal with our present realities. And so when Job, when he reflects back on the past, it was not to keep from dealing with his present reality. But rather, you need to understand something. Job valued the past. He valued the past because of the truth that it taught him about God, about people, and about himself. Don't you all know we can learn something from our past? We can learn something about people. We can learn something about God. And then we can also learn something about ourselves. And so by remembering, here's what Job did, by remembering how God had dealt with him in the past, Job was able to endure his present suffering. Oh, I dare somebody to look back over your shoulder of what God has already done for you, where God have already brought you through. Somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, what hallelujah. I thank God, I praise God for saving me. When I look back at my past, even though you may be ill today, I dare you to remember the day when the Lord healed your body. And guess what? If he did it once, ah, I know he can do it again. Somebody ought to declare, if God did it once, I know he can do it again. And so by remembering how God had dealt with him, in the past, Job was able to endure his present uh, circumstances. Oh, but what a contrast to modern men today. Unlike Job, they act as if they had no past from which to learn. I need y'all to know all of us got a past. Now, come on here. Come on, walk with me for a little while. Uh, I'm not just talking to the men. I'm talking to you women, too. Every last one of us have a past. In fact, many have a slight contempt for the past. Fact of the matter is they have rewritten history books as if there were nothing in the past uh, that we could learn from today. The fact of the matter is they have made great uh, scientific and uh, technological strides, uh, and consequently, this has lured many into thinking that they have also made great improvements in human relationships. How um, many y'all know they have not made no great improvements into human uh, relationships? Come on, watch this. Uh, you go on Facebook. It don't take nothing for you to see that it's somebody's birthday, and just to type in. Uh, Happy birthday. There's really nothing to it. Take, they have taken away the real communication. I've seen people, my mother been gone some time now, and I've seen some people wish her a happy birthday. They don't even know that she done made her, her transition. It, everything just seems uh, 
to be so impersonal. We don't pick up the phone no more. We don't send cards no more. We, everything is technical. Thank God for the great strides that men have made, but they need to understand that it has not really made any great improvements into human relationships. Many feel, many feel, many feel that we don't need, my God, to look to the past for instructions, instructions on how to raise a family or on how to be a man anymore than they would go to the past for advice on how to build an airplane. But I stop back here to let y'all know you cannot forget your past. The fact of the matter is you got some folk that are out here that they believe that newer must be better. Oh yeah, come on, come on. I'm gonna take my time. Some folks feel that newer, my God, must be better. But even a brief glance at the headlines will show in that in the realm of human relationships, uh, we are doing worse than those uh, who went before us. Well, let me see if I can make it plain. Y'all know back in the day, you didn't spread. Uh, your family's business. Come on here. Y'all walk with me. Walk with me. You didn't spread your family's business. Fact of the matter is, uh, we covered each other. My God, whether you was right, whether you was wrong, uh, we covered each other. We didn't allow nobody to talk about a family member, let alone join in the conversation that was not heard of. We covered, we covered. Sometimes I got in trouble for something that my brother Mark did. How come? Because I was covering. I hear the first lady say all the time, that she had to cover for Diane. Sometimes she got whoopings for what, what Diane should have gotten. Why? Because she was simply cut. Families used to, used to cover. Newer is not better. Come on here, somebody. We need to seek for the old path. I mean, y'all know marriages. Marriages used to work. Marriages used to work. Family members got along reasonably well. There was no talk of alternative lifestyles. Family members cared for each other. They took responsibility for the actions of their siblings. But today, many seem to think that the past is outdated, that it's old-fashioned and has no value for today's living. That is why, that is why no one seems to value the Bible. Fact of the matter is, they say this is the 21st century. Get real. Men today will not fully recapture their missing manhood until they repent of modern arrogance and humbly look at the history of God's definition of a real man. Somebody say a real man. God has a definition of a real man. Even the church, even the church is exhorted to maintain a link with the past. Paul said to the Thessalonians, look what he says, stand fast and hold to the traditions which 
you were taught right there in second thessalonians the uh, my god second chapter and the 15th verse and so when you look at brother joe as a father the first thing he did was he remembered the past and then not only that but when you glance at verse number five you will also discover that job he remained close to his children i'm gonna say it again job remained close to his children. Verse number five, Job remembers, he said, when my children were around me. In other words, when we met Job in the first part of his book, we see him first as a family man. He's a father to his children. And so now during his, his suffering, Job said he missed having his children around him. I don't want y'all to miss that. Joe, Joe said, I miss having my children around me. He obviously did not view children as an intrusion into his personal pleasures. I'm going to say it again. Job didn't look at his kids as an intrusion into his personal pleasure. <laughs> what a contrast with many fathers today. Don't worry about me coughing. I'm going to get through it. What a contrast with many of fathers today. Fathers have abandoned their children for their own personal pleasures. Children seem to be viewed as a burden or a robber of money and time that could be used for personal pleasures. Somebody listen to me. Many men have abandoned their role as a father, leaving the women to raise the children all by themselves. I need you to understand it is this selfish attitude that has increased child abuse, abortion, other crimes committed against our children. But when you go back to Job chapter one, verse number five, we learn that Job did something when it came to his children. The Bible said Job rose up early in the morning, early in the morning and offered burnt offerings and sacrifices for his children. Notice what he says. He says, because perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And Job would get up early in the morning. My God, as a father, Job was worried his children would forget God. So what did he do? He'd get up early in the morning. He'd intercede for his children. I need to let somebody know today, now's the time we got to intercede for our children. Get up early in the morning. Stop worrying about what you need and what you don't have. Intercede for that boy. Intercede for that girl. Cover them with your blood, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Especially in the day and the time we're living in now, we need to intercede for our children. And that's what the verse says Job did. Job got up early in the morning and he interceded for his children. Job had 10 children, yet he went through great pain to be intimately involved in the physical and spiritual care of each of his seven sons and three daughters. He knew his responsibility as a father. And I want to say to every father that's on here and every father that will hear me through Facebook, come on here. We need to pray to God 
that God will lead us, that God would guide us, that God would strengthen us so that we could be the father that he's calling for in these last and evil days. I was noticing something, I read something, that in the movie Gladiators, and I know you saints don't go to movies, hallelujah, but in the movie Gladiators, I believe the name was Caesar Aurelius, and he had a son named, uh, uh, I believe it was Commander, something like that. And early in the story, early in the story, Aurelius tells Commandos that uh, he will not be passing the title of empire to him. Commandos gives a long speech saying that he realizes he could never live up to his father's uh, expectations. Commandos says, uh, notice what he said. He said, all I ever wanted was to live up to you. But notice what the father had to say to his son. Morelli says to him, he said, Commandos, your faults as a son are my failures as a father. We need to understand, my brothers and my sisters, that we as fathers, yes, we have perhaps failed in many areas because fact of the matter is, we didn't have no training manual. It didn't come how to be a father. You do this and you do that. My sons always get at me all the time. They do. They have a flat. And I say, you can't even change a flat. And the first thing they'll throw back at me, they'll say, well, daddy, you never taught us how to, hallelujah, change a flat. And then I got to come back because I can't let them get the best of me. I said, well, that's the purpose of AAA. But fact of the matter is, fact of the matter is, uh, Fathers, we got to train our children. You don't just train them about the birds and the bees. You got to train them about that also. But listen, there are some, there's truth in that statement because we are responsible for shaping the character of our children. That's why the wise man said in Proverbs 22 and 6, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. He's not going to turn from it. Guess what? The Bible never said, and I need to encourage somebody. The Bible never said he would not stray a little bit. All of us have strayed a little bit. But there's a difference between strain and departing. Listen, when you put it down on the inside of them, my God, when they get ready to do wrong, I don't know about y'all, when you get ready to do wrong, all of a sudden you be begin to hear your conscience begin to work on you that which was planted down on the inside of you. And so watch this, to be, to, to be the kind of father that Job was. We must crucify self and make our children a matter of personal concern. I need y'all to understand children never grow up. I don't care how old they get, children never grows up. And so fathers, we got to be good fathers. We're not in competition with our children. Fact of the matter is, I want my sons to do much more than what I've done. I want them to make way more money than I've ever made. I want them to live in better houses than I ever lived in. I want the God, hallelujah, that me and their mother have served, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, to also be the God of their lives. Let me move on, lest I preach too long. I'm not in a hurry. And then number three. When you glance down at verses 7 through 11, you will discover 
that not only, not only did Job stay close to his children, but then you'll also discover that Job was a respected community leader. When you look at verses 7 through 11, it shows, amen, he said, when I went out to the gate of the city, when I took my seat in the square, the young men saw me and hide themselves, hid themselves, and the old man arose and stood. The princes stopped talking and put their hands on their mouths, and their tongues stuck to the palate. For when the eye saw, it gave witness of me. Well, you have to understand that the gate of the city was a place all the community leaders gathered and discussed community affairs. But watch what happens according to that text. Young men humbly withdrew. My God, don't miss it. They withdrew. And the old men stood up to greet Job. In other words, the Bible let us know. They didn't stand there and have a full conversation with him and the other community leaders. The young had to withdraw. They covered their mouth. Listen, that was called respect. We live in a day and a time now. It seemed like nobody has any respect. But fathers, you have to understand this kind of respect. It comes from the old-fashioned way. It must be earned. Somebody ought to shout, it must be earned. You don't just get respect because you're the daddy or because you're the father. Amen. Respect has to be, it has to be earned. And guess what? When you are a godly father, and you train them up in the way that they should go. You don't have to worry about your children respecting you. The fact of the matter is religious people have become notorious for their critical, judgmental speech today. But we need men. We need men. We need men speaking the truth of God in love, speaking it in such a way that shows respect to the person we are speaking to. We need to do as Peter says, give a reason, my God, for the hope we have. Also the apostle Paul, he says in Athens, he said that he reasoned, I reasoned with them. My God, my brothers and my sisters, we have to give a reason, my God, for our hope. Give a reason, not condemnation. Why do we people want what we have? My God, or do they really want what we have? We got to give them a reason. Jesus never gave condemnation. Ah, he only gave it to the religious leaders. My God, but we have to give a reason for our hope. And so today's real hero, they're concerned about community values and the decline of public morals in our community, and they're willing to express them in a kind but yet a firm manner. And so, yes, I see Job. He was a respected community leader. Now, notice he didn't have respect in the community, but then didn't have no respect at home. Uh, a lot of people want the respect, uh, you know, in front of other people. But if you don't have no respect at home, that's where it starts. I need y'all to understand that's where it must start. If people, if your family can't respect you at home, fact of the matter is scripture says, uh, how can an elder rule the house of God? And he can't even rule his own house. 
you got to be able to rule your own house before you try to turn around and tell somebody else what to do. And so Brother Joe, he was respected in the community. My God. And then the next thing I noticed, verse 12 and 13, Joe was a father to the fatherless. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Joe was a father to the fatherless. He said, because I delivered the poor who cried for help and the offering who had no helper, the blessing, the blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me. And I made the widow's heart sing for joy. So in other words, Joe was concerned with children and people beyond the needs of his own family. He was involved. It's right here in the text. He was involved with the care and guidance of children whose families were not able to care for themselves. Job did not gather at the gate of the city just to discuss matters, but to act upon to act upon them. And so listen, my brothers, today's youth need to see what a real father, what a real man looks like. My God, when a child's first impression of God is that of their image of a father, then we can see the importance of being a father to the children of the world. The world does not need any more men who will use their children and families for their own selfish pursuits. They need men who are unselfishly that will give themselves for the good of others. Men who go beyond my four and no more. Look at Job. God said that there was no one like him in all the earth. He did not forget his past. He loved his children. My God, my God. He became a father to the fatherless. And then when you look at verses 14 through 17, it lets us know that Job lived a life of personal righteousness. I said, Job lived a life of personal righteousness. He pursued righteousness and it clothed him. Oh, you talking about wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in the Lord. Let me tell you something, Job pursued righteousness and it clothed him. His righteousness protected him. And how do y'all know the same will go for us? I dare you to get wrapped up into the righteousness of God. I dare you to pursue righteousness. My God, it'll protect us in these last and evil days. Was I worried when I go out? Do I feel any kind of stress because of everything that's going on? And my answer is no, 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 no. My God, because the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Brothers, my God, this is Father's Day. Brothers, let's pursue righteousness. Let's be clothed in righteousness because God's righteousness will protect us. And not only will it protect us, it'll protect our children. It'll protect our children's children. He'll bless us when we go out. He'll bless us 
when we come back in. So many of today's heroes appear to us as good guys, but as time wears on, we learn differently. Their image is tarnished, tarnished, and we are let down. The only way to avoid this from happening is to be meticulous about holiness. We got to pursue holiness on a daily basis. Follow peace with all men, holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. We need to put on, put on righteousness. Do not give in to falsehood, to deception, or to impurity. Fill your minds with pure thoughts of God, and your heart will not be defiled. If we are to be protected, we must pursue righteousness. I'm almost finished, but I see something else. My God, in verse 21 through verse 25, y'all read it later. But I see something about Job. Job, he was a well of wisdom. Job was a well of wisdom. My God, he said to me, they listened and waited and kept silent for my counsel. In other words, Job said, they waited till I got there. My God. The meeting didn't even get started until I arrived. They kept silent because they were waiting to hear what I had to say. He said, after my words, they did not speak again. In other words, there was no argument. He was a well of wisdom. In other words, when he got through speaking, it's in the text, they didn't even speak again. And he said, and my speech dropped on them. And he said, and they waited for me as for the rain and opened their mouth as for the spring rain. He said, I smiled on them when, my God, they do not believe. In the light of my face, they did not cast down. Ah, I choose a way for them and, and set as chief and dwelt as a king among the troops, as one who comforted the, the mourners. He spoke and everybody listened. So they thought they was coming up with something. When they said, when E.F. Hutton speaks, Everybody listen. Uh-uh, Job already had E.F. Hutton beat already. For when Job spoke, everybody listened. They knew whatever came out of Job's mouth was profitable. Job had true wisdom and insight, not political rhetoric born of personal ambition or manipulation. But he had true wisdom that is born of God. And you, just like Job, can have the same wisdom. The New Testament tells us that we can ask God for it, and he gives it liberally. My brothers, we do not need to quote a bunch of scriptures to the world, but we need to share the wisdom and the power of the word with them. Anybody can quote scripture, but how do you know there's a power? that come behind the word. Just quoting scripture don't mean nothing. You can learn it, but there's got to be power, my God, behind the word. Because guess what? Whoever loves wisdom, make those around them rejoice. You show me somebody with wisdom, and when they open their mouth, you cannot help but to rejoice. Did y'all not know wisdom gives life? Wisdom gives strength. Wisdom give a good defense because why? It comes uh, from God. But with the loss of manhood, seem like in America today, 
Men have lost the desire for this great pearl. Men, I need to encourage us, sell all you have to obtain this great pearl. The man, when he found the pearl in the New Testament, he sold everything. He gave up everything. Why? Because he knew that he had something of value. Well, let me close with this, and this is it. Job was a pursuer of God. He was a pursuer. He was a pursuer of God. Yes, Job was first and foremost a pursuer of God. Pursuit of God is a mark of a real man. If you want to see a real man, it's not how much money he makes. It's not what kind of car he drives. Come on here, somebody. It's not his status in society. But if you want to really see a real man, my God, look for somebody that's a pursuer of God. I'm not talking about a shaker and a faker. I'm not talking about somebody that will act like they save until you tell them that you'll marry them. But I'm talking about a pursuer of God. I'm talking about when you're riding in the same car, you can't help but feel the spirit. Your spirit and that their spirit come together. God, my God, the pursuit of God is a mark of a real man that can sound foreign to many. I know because we live in a culture now where religious has for years been, come on here, the main seem like of women. It's been dominated by women. You go to any church, there's more women than there are men. When I look on Zoom, I see more women clapping than I do men. You'll see more women throw up their hands. You'll see more women, they're more verbal. Women cry out louder than men. But I start by here to let you know, brothers, the devil is a liar, a real man. And I said a real man will pursue after God. My God, my God. Men have been programmed to believe that being a real man and serving God somehow do not go together. But the devil is a liar. Job shows us differently. All the character traits that we have seen in Job were made possible because of his relationship with God. It was because of God's mercy hey, that Job was merciful. It was because God is just that Job sought justice. It was because God hates evil that Job broke the jaws of the wicked. And so his life, in all its masculine expression, was built around his worship of God. Job didn't have no problem throwing up his hand and telling the Lord, thank you. He didn't have no problem shouting hallelujah. He didn't have no problem shouting for joy. He had no problem magnifying the name of the Lord. His pursuit of God molded him into the kind of man that he was. And that is why God approved Job as a model for true manhood. And that is why God referred to Job as a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Job was the real hero and a model for all men to follow and to imitate. Brothers, let's not forget our past. Let's not forget where God has brought us from. Let us, let us not become arrogant 
because we make a little bit of money now. Let's not forget where the Lord has brought us from. And then let's not forget that our kids seemingly never grow up, even though they do, but we're still the fathers. You're still the mother of those children. And I, I, I'm going to mention this, and then I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finished after this. Brothers, it's very important because I said that we're responsible for shaping the character of our children. Me and Sister Teresa's four sons, our four sons never, ever, ever, ever seen me disrespect my mother. First of all, you only got to disrespect, you only got to dis disrespect mothers once back then. Hey, Amen. You, 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 you dis disrespect your mother. You didn't disrespect her no more. She put something on you. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so therefore, I try to live that life to show respect. Show respect. Fathers, let's show respect. Your children are watching you. Show respect. Watch where you go. Watch what you do. Your children are watching you. You'd be surprised how much our kids are watching us. Amen. We'd be surprised how much our children are watching us. And so we are responsible for shaping the character of our children and training them up in the way that they should go. Job said, it was my desire. He said, I'm a father. He said, I want my children around me. We understand that children get grown and get old, get their own families. We understand that. Amen. But a father, a real man, a real father, always have a desire to have their children around them. They don't look at them. Now, I know kids don't care what they ask for. Come on, might as well get used to it. They don't care what they ask for. Amen. And they believe in the impossible. All because they ask don't mean they have to get it. Amen. But then all the joy that comes when a father is able to assist and able to help out. Amen. And whatever the need may be. And so I encourage every father, let's be the father that God is calling for in these last and evil days. Let's love our families. Let's not forget the past where God has brought us from. Let's live righteous lives. Let's pursue after God. Let's pursue after holiness. Let, let God fill us up. Let's be the leaders of praise. Come on, let's be the leaders of praise. Let's outdance the women. Let's outshout the women. Come on, let's outclap the women. We can turn this thing around. We're the heads. And we're not the tail, we're the head. Amen. We got to lead in all aspects. We got to lead in all aspects. Just paying the bills, paying the mortgage, paying the gas and electric. That don't make nobody a real man. Don't make you a real father, a real man. Amen. You become a real man when, when, when we pursue after God and we pursue the things of God. And then we take those things so that when we open up our mouths, so that when we speak, Everybody else be quiet. That's the way Job said it now. Everybody else will be quiet. They be waiting for you to come in. They don't be saying, oh, oh, here come daddy. Everybody, let's go. Pack their bags and want to leave. No, they'll be eager to hear what you have to say. Amen. When you are led by God and when you pursue after righteousness. God bless you. Every eye close, every head bow. <clears throat> every eye close, every head bow. Amen. I shared with you today what the Lord has placed on my heart to share, Job as a father, Job as a father, one that suffered, but yet in all of his suffering, Job was still a real hero. Job was able to say, though he slay me, 
yet will I trust him. Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait till my change come. His, his own wife, who had committed to him, one day when he got to his lowest point in life, told him, why don't you just curse God and die? But you know what? Job held on to his integrity. He kept on pursuing after God. He did not understand what God was doing in his life, but he kept pursuing after God. He did not abandon his integrity, his virtue, or his commitment, even to his family. He did not abandon that. And when you read the end of Job's story, because of that, God gave Job double for all of his trouble. He had lost all his children. God gave them all back. All of his livestock that he had lost, God doubled it. And I want somebody here to know today that's listening to me. Remain faithful to God. Continue to pursue after God. God is getting ready to give you double <clears throat> for all of your troubles. Somebody said, look like Pastor, I'm down to nothing. But don't worry about being down to nothing. You, at the, you, you are right now at the best position for God to work a miracle in your life because God works best when we get down to nothing. Let's pursue after God. Let's pursue after his holiness so that we can become in the image, be made likened into the image of God. And then we can be like our heavenly father. Now, God, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. God, I share with your people what you placed on my heart to share. God, we thank you for this biblical example. Thank you for the life of Job, oh God, as a father. And God, we pray that you would help us to never forget where we come from. Help us to never forget our past in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that those of us who have children, God, we pray that we be the fathers that you're calling for in these last and evil days. God, we pray for the fathers whose children that don't know you, that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior. God, as they continue to pray for them and hold on by faith, God, I pray that you would arrest the attention of that girl, that boy, in the name of Jesus. Draw them before it's too late. God, they can't come. They can't come unless you draw them. And God, I pray that you would draw them in the name of Jesus. Give that father, give that mother strength and courage and faith to continue to hold on and let them know that as long as there's breath in their body, that there's still hope. And that you are still in control of every area of their lives. And we thank you and we praise you. Draw them now. Draw every sinner in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray a special blessing over these under the sound of my voice. You know every need. Meet every need in the name of Jesus. Meet every need. God, those that somebody stand in need of a financial blessing, bless them now. Work a miracle. Open up a door in the name of Jesus. Somebody need healing in their body. Oh, God, touch them now. As I speak the word of healing, touch them from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet in the mighty name of Jesus. I know you can, God, and I know that you will. I rebuke the pain in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the headache, God, in the name of Jesus. Low blood come up, high blood come down in the mighty name of Jesus. Regulate the heart and the mind yeah, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. There may be somebody that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It's not too late to accept him 
All you have to do is just admit that you are a sinner. Amen. Just admit that you are a sinner. We were all born in sin. We were shaped in iniquity. Admit that you are a sinner. Believe in your heart. Amen. Believe in your heart. Amen. Believe that one day Jesus came. He lived on this earth. He died. They buried him. He rose on the third day. Amen. He ascended back to heaven. Sit on the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back again for us. Just believe. Believe in your heart. Then confess your sins. The Bible says confess your sins to the Lord. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Right where you're sitting, right where you are, driving in the car, wherever you may be, God is able to wash you and he's able to cleanse you. He's able to set you free from all sin and all shame. All you got to do is just believe. All you have to do is just confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart and believe that he raised Jesus from the dead. And then just and then confess that I'm saved, amen, that my sins have been forgiven and I have been born again, amen. We encourage you today, uh, don't let it be said too late to enter into the golden gates. God bless you all. May heaven shine on you. May God give you strength and give you courage as we continue to press on, as we continue to move forward. Amen. In him. What a blessing to see those of you that are on here today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Once again, today is your day. Fathers, today is your day. You do whatever you want to do today. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. You do whatever.